Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 99 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every fucking week is... Daniel motherfucking Wilcox. Can you hear that? No. The fucking heavens just opened and just unleashed a roaring rainpour down on me that, like, I don't know how my mic is not picking that up, but it it's is... It's some... impressive that it's not. I mean, it's glorious sunshine here and I'm not too far from you, so I'm no, pretty sure... No, you're not. Well, look, like, if I open this in any way, you cannot see me. It's yeah. blinding out there. Like, I am literally experiencing, I guess, the rapture as the holy light comes down and attacks me and claims me for all its glorious good. Um, so I no. totally think you need branded curtains. Oh, I'm working on it. Are you? I was going to say, like, I really feel strongly that you need branded curtains. Like, I, yeah, I, I, this is temporary because there's a thousand other things I need to prioritise for the house. But, like, one of the things I will say, this was actually going to be my thing that I enjoyed, but I'm just going to throw you it out there. You mean branded like, curtains aren't a priority? No. No, not <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> so one thing that I did buy this week, which has made me more happy than I think it should for the, the item that it was, I bought a plug for my sink. <laughs> And I'm so happy with it. So for context, wow. I moved in and my bathroom um, sink. When did we get to like plugs and hoovers being like I know. exciting? Well, Fuck my bathroom me. sink, it didn't have like, it has a hole and like you can put a plug in, but it didn't have like, you know, like the kind of like strain guard type thing. So, you know, there was a couple of moments over the past few months where I've dropped something small and it kind of circled a drain and I had to grab it before it went down the U-bend. And um, I, I was like, oh, I don't know how, I, I don't know how to fix this. So I managed to like, I measured it went on Amazon at the weekend and found this thing that supposedly... You're still talking about the plug, the plug yeah. for the sink, because I've literally, I was yeah. like, I, I was somewhere else <laughs> in my brain. So it, so it supposedly just drops in, sits in there, and it's one of these plugs that you can then like push and the little thing springs open and off. And That was a cool story, bro. I was, Let me, me move finish. on? Let me finish. <laughs> this is one of the highlights of my week. And yeah, I dropped it in. It worked first time. And now I don't have the fear of losing anything down the sink. So, you know, small wins, they pile up. So in my head, I just revisited Gran Canaria. <laughs> oh, you do that because I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> With your your sink, sinks, sink things. Anyway, how's your week been? Um, Other than joyous plugs that you have been purchasing. Plugging holes and that's not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I don't want to say weird week because we do say it so much. Like, yeah, it... <sighs> So it's half term in the UK, or at least for for my child. And um, it is for mine as well. Yeah. And obviously, like people who listen to this regularly last week, I mentioned that I'd kind of hit a bit of a wall and burnout and everything else, which doesn't come at yeah, a great how's time. How's that? Well, yeah, I'll get there. Um, because it kind of all links together. But like I it's not a great time to have it when you hit half term and you've got a kid and you also have like work piling up that you can't quite get to. Mm-hmm. Um so I have basically just been incredibly as kind to myself as possible taking every spare moment that I have to try and find something that will give me downtime while also trying to keep on top of things so I found a few moments where I've managed to 
get work done and I've sort of been inspired to do it. But for the most part, my mind at the minute is in just take the fucking week and rest and like catch up next week as much as you can, because there's no point just trawling through the side. So, I mean, in many ways, I'm I'm getting there. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, like, but I'm getting there. It's another one of those where I've been kind of like forced into rest. But I had a day this week in which I visited a bunch of my old journals. Um, and weirdly enough, obviously, this theme is recurring. It has been for like four or five years beyond that. Um, listening to old episodes of our podcast, it's been a theme that, you know, comes up and down a lot. So I'm kind of really trying to, like, I'm, I'm one of those people, I get really annoyed when people keep saying a thing that they're not doing, that they should be doing. And they tell you for like years. So like, okay. confused yeah it was like I was replaying what you were saying you get really annoyed when people tell you a thing that they're not doing but that they should be doing is that what you said yes when people are like for years oh I need to lose weight or I need to like read more and they just don't and they tell you this for years and that really really irks me and I don't want to be that person to myself so I have basically taken all of my journals over the past five years of productivity planners six minute diaries all these different templates and things and I'm trying to find patterns to find, you know, what has worked and when and how. Um, on top of that, as I was just saying before we started recording, is I have had a bunch of discovery calls this week with various different coaches. So like life coaches, mindset coaches, success coaches, business coaches. And I may have rounded it down to a coach that I genuinely, like from my gut, believe could help. The the downside, I say downside of that, the um friction point comes in that it comes with quite an upfront heavy investment cost but it's one of those things where like if it pans out I will recuperate that back sort of by the end of the year easy um but it's really bizarre because I'm now in this sort of quandary in my head of you know I know that in order to level up I need to invest in myself and I'm trying to because I'm you know very proactive in saying yes to stuff and just cracking ahead and doing things I'm trying I'm trying my best to heed advice from former coaches and just say like okay you're excited about this but do your due diligence because obviously this is quite a hefty financial investment Mm. um and i'm definitely at this point erring towards accepting but at the same time i'm still allowing just a grace period is it more than the coach that you were going to invest in before yes okay Okay. Yeah, it's it totals. So this program, the interesting thing about this program, and I'll give people numbers so they've got an idea of what it is. But um, in total, it's four thousand five hundred pounds. It's an upfront cost of nine hundred pounds, and then there are several different payment plans on how to pay off the rest of it. But the great thing that I really like about this program is once you've paid off that cost, you have access to the entire thing for life. So you then don't have to like it's not so much you, you can use it seasonally, obviously as much and as when you need it. Um, but it is you know it's hefty so that's my week that's what I'm trying to figure out is you know I I think I've reached a point of accepting that I can't I'm always wary of saying this I can continue doing this as I am but I need to I'm in a position where I want to accept help in order to level up quicker and to overcome the things that I'm definitely like instead of breaking through walls I want someone to provide that path to help me get over them Mm. how's your week Mm. then um fucking nightmare yeah uh so this is half term week and my mum took atlas on monday just before lunch with permission yeah <laughs> and so she's having him until friday just after lunch um so it's about four and a half days and in those four and a half days i would say i've got 
maybe three quarters of one working day of time to work because of all of the nightmare that has gone on. Um, I'm really trying not to be bitter, but like this was my week to catch up. Like this week I was supposed to get all of the launch stuff done for the three launches so that next week I could start writing. And I don't normally do like bitter or resentful. I just find ways around the issues. I work harder, I work long, longer. And I'm, I'm really quite pissed off this week because I've had, I cannot tell you the number of interruptions I've had. We were supposed to have the internet put in on Tuesday and <clears throat> they kept, they turned up, they put it in and then the connection boxes weren't working. And so, but they were late. So they, so it was already too late by the time um, they were installing it for them to phone head office to get someone out to fix it. And then when I phoned head office on Wednesday, they were like, oh um, yeah, we can't get anyone out till Friday. And I was like, no, no, that's not good enough. Um, so I literally went nuclear on them. I was on the phone for an hour and 15 minutes, literally tearing assholes because I had to cancel four phone, four phone meetings that needed recording. I've got a um, patron session tonight that I now cannot host. Somebody else is going to have to host it. And they've like had to pay something for something that we're supposed to be doing. Um, I had like, <laughs> like every... Everywhere I went to try and work, something broke. I had emails. My email system broke. I had like um, interruptions from family. I had it like literally uh, there's no point going into all the detail, but I, I never, ever, ever resent anybody or anything like I just I deal with helping family or friends or whatever and this week was my fucking week and I'm actually really quite pissed off because my son comes back tomorrow and like I love him I want him back but also I don't because I'm not fucking done I, I'm not even like I've crossed out like three fucking things on my post-it do you know what I, where's my audio gone um I've still got it oh well now I've got you it's because my I've pulled my headphone out headphone jack out yeah so I've had honestly really not a great week um and there have been some other things that have happened that have been really great so you know trying to trying to take the positives out of it but I'm I'm really fucked off like really really fucked off and I don't normally get like this and it's because I am trying so hard to shut down projects so that I can open new projects and it's going to be yet another week before I'm going to be able to do that and that's not okay I am not okay with that so yeah, I'm cross this week. Sounds like you need a quality new plug to bring a bit of joy into your life. <laughs> you I will send you a picture, a video. I will TikTok it. <laughs> You're a knob. Hey, I'm telling you, that's where I'm drawing drawing my joy from this week. Ah, uh, so level up. Do we have level up? We do have a level up. We have a level up this week from Resty Blackthorn, who says, last year I was hopeful family circumstances got in the way. This year, 2nd, 3rd of January, I had one of those breakthrough moments that you talked about. Something mentally clicked that said, I am an author, not just a writer, and I will publish this year. I now have goals, an ambitious plan. I don't do small, and I am moving forward. I have done more in the last 20 days than I did in the last nine months of 2021. I don't know if it's because... Um... 
I'm streaming off my iPad's Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi, my iPad's 4G, but it definitely sounded like you said breasty Blackthorn. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It, you did it again. Um, something doesn't like the S, the Ooh, S that you're saying. Yeah. Well, hopefully, because so it's, it's recording on my side, that should be clear. But otherwise, <laughs> it's Sierra Delta Blackthorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, huge. That's like that mindset yeah. shift is just, it's powerful, it man. Once that, that for me is accepting that you're in this for the long haul. Yeah. And that you're, you're you know, this is what you do. This is who you are. So yeah. keep pushing on that journey. I love it. Okay. Level up. We've done no, we just did that. <laughs> Patreon. Fuck's sake. That plug's looking better and better. So uh, we have no new patrons this week, but for anyone that wants to uh, get involved and we are recording our episode 100 next Sunday um, live and streaming that into the Facebook group, but patrons can join us on the call and ask questions and chat and join in all the festivities, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash next level authors. Yes. Do you have any notices, darling? <clears throat> Just the Activated Authors podcast officially um, dropped its first episode this week. So I interviewed Jonathan ja- uh, Jonathan Yanez um, and spoke to him all about motivation and how he gets stuff done and films and books. And like it's I'm, I'm getting really, really good feedback off the, the podcast. So it's quite nice after taking quite a considerable, considerable break into the interview sphere to know that it's still bringing people value and people are getting some stuff from it. So if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Activated Authors podcast. Excellent. Uh, and my audiobook, 13 Steps to Evil, uh, is still on 50% discount for the whole of February. Uh, if you can buy it direct from me on sashablack.co.uk um, <clears throat> and use the code FAB50 mm. and you'll get 50% off. Okay, yeah. thing of the week, what have you enjoyed? So I ended up, so the one thing I haven't enjoyed is that my sleep is still all over the place and I ended up waking at like half five this morning. But I woke up at half five and then I then sat in bed reading Will Smith's um, book, Will, which, you know, I've, I've been working on for the last week. Um, I've been sharing tidbits of info that I found useful with um, my community. But I finished a book this morning and like it's 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 just right down my alley. Like it's about journey. It's about hardship. It's about transformation. It's about acceptance. It's about like just and when you you know see behind the curtain of like massive global superstars like that e- I, I love the fact that even in their journey i can see stuff in people's journeys who have yet to like publish a book like just the actual humanity behind it all and the actual experience and arc that people go through is similar no matter what level of success success you're at so it's for me really gratifying to read that and to see those similarities in that journey um and the book was delivered in such a way that I I actually I love Will Smith and I, I'm a big fan of like a lot of what he does but they got points in that book where I was like I don't like you and I think that's intentional to the narrative like it obviously flips it around at the end but like it shows you know the truth behind the curtain and I think that is one of the most powerful things you can give people is the truth rather and obviously that's part of the reason why we started this podcast to show people you know the highs and the lows of behind the curtain of our businesses um Mm. rather than just what people see on the surface so yeah it's it's a big book it's a fantastic book for people who are fans of will pick it up for people who aren't you will still get something from it so yeah that's mine how about you awesome uh two things i i had my nails done this week and they're like they're really 
it's like a magnet. They used a magnet to make like these shapes on my nails, which was kind of cool. I just for the record, this is the equivalent of the plug for you, but for me. So you continue talking. <laughs> no, that is it. That was my story. That's how succinct I can be in my writing. <laughs> I mean, my 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 talking. Um, and then the other thing that I enjoyed, right? I I have a love hate relationship, but. I read The Hating Game this week because this is the Rebel Reader Masterclass um, book. Well, actually, we're doing two books. They're both uh, kind of enemies to lovers. This one was a contemporary romance. Uh, so this is The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. And the other one was Sweet and Bitter Mu- Magic by Adrian Tooley. Um, oh, my God. I feel strongly that I shouldn't have enjoyed this book. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Why shouldn't you um, have? Uh, there were like so four listeners this is basically um two work colleagues working in in a publishing house and there's a big job that they're going for and they hate each other and obviously it's a romance book so it's enemies to lovers and like I loved the banter I loved um that they were like really competitive with each other but I really didn't like the representation of competition in there I didn't like how the author did it I don't I feel like the author probably doesn't have competition because it's not like it was competition it was competitive with a small c as opposed to competition the strength um so that was the first thing that annoyed me the second thing i do think that some readers might be triggered in here the male character was quite controlling in a way that made me uncomfortable um and of course they're in lots of these very popular romances there are mm, unhealthy relationships strands in them now um I have actually pulled apart how she got away with that like in terms of like how did she how is this still such a how is he still so um how can you still empathize and sympathize and connect with him as the character when there are those elements in there so that will be I'll be talking about that in the class which was very interesting to me um And there are just like some things about like hetero relationships that it irk me. Um, But despite that, the banter, the the romance, um, just, oh, I just loved it. Like I was swooning, (laughs) I was shipping them. Like it was compulsive as well. Like I did not want to put this book down. Um, So yeah, I I am recommending The Hating Game this week because it was fucking good. I can see why it's a movie and has sold a bajillion copies. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, so, okay, comments, comments, comments. Yes. So uh, the question last week, what would this look like if it were easy? And we have a few from our patrons. So SW Miller says, I would outline. Someone would do all of my first drafting for me and I would do all the self-editing. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Janelle says, thank you so much for this conversation. I loved it, particularly hearing about the mindset journey Sasha has been on. I remember a couple of years ago, a coach telling me that it's our thoughts that create our feelings and we can change our thoughts. Paraphrasing. At first, I wanted to protest. It can't be that straightforward, but I now believe it's true. And this notion has changed my life. It's like a muscle you need to keep exercising 100%. Some days it's much more difficult to change our thoughts or we might not want to, but this can be easy is a great one to practice, I think. To use a completely non-creative example, I'm in the process of moving house. I said to my coach, obviously it's going to be super stressful because we all get told that moving house is one of the most stressful things in life. She challenged me, is it? Does it have to be stressful? And this one question changed my whole perception. Anywho, thanks, Dan and Sasha. Great convos ever, even the tits and the badge parts. Hope mm-hmm. you're feeling a burnout is temporary and you can build in some recuperation. And then one more on Patreon as well from Emma, who says, 
I agree with you that we should make the chores in our lives as easy as possible, which is why my cooking for myself is reduced to the strict minimum and I own a robot vacuum cleaner. I don't have precious hours of my life to waste on that. On the other hand, for the things in my life that I want to accomplish, I don't think I want them to be easy, but I also don't want them to be hard. I want to find that sweet spot in the middle where things are challenging and where growth happens. And right now, everything I do with my writing, trying to publish a nonfiction and build a small business around it is exactly that. For me, the right blend of challenging is linked to strengths. Easy is when my strengths are firmly in their comfort zone. Challenging is when I'm pushing them towards new balconies. And hard is when something repeatedly goes against one of them. Is that all of them? There was nothing on Facebook. There might have been. We, that was quite a few comments, though. Oh, I see. OK, cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we love when you put in comments, but we can't spend the whole episode reading out the comments. Well, why not? No, <laughs> Just do a okay. massive comment episode once every month. Yeah. So so that's question of the week now, isn't it? We've got I feel like this has gone really fast this morning. Efficient on it. Yeah. I think you're okay. eager to get back to the, the millions of things you haven't yet done. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Um okay, so this question, I don't know whether to let you answer it in one way or another, because you can answer it in two different ways or make you answer both. I think I'm gonna make you answer both just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so what is your relationship with romance and so I want you to answer that (laughs) in terms of writing and life because I'm a bitch (laughs) so evil but it's valentine's week how can I not ask this question I mean yeah I mean yeah just trying to figure out how to answer this because like in all honesty it's a it's a question that I do massively struggle with um so We'll start with writing because that will likely be probably be a bit short and a bit easier. So, you know, in writing, um, I I will say I don't really write romantic books. <laughs> I think that's kind of a given, but there is always an element of romance somewhat somewhere in the book because I understand how that is, you know, a core part of being human and you know my my thoughts and feelings and which we'll we'll dive into a little bit. Um, aren't necessarily reflective of the majority of people that I know. So like I, there are a few things in life that are fundamental that are big that, you know, shift how people think and how people approach life. And, you know, some of those are how people view death. Some of those are how people view life. Some of those is, you know, work ethic. And yeah, I think love is obviously a big part of that as well. Um, You know, I grew up in a very nuclear family. My parents are still together um they love each other they're celebrating i don't know it must be like 30 years or something together soon um oh my god that's yeah, amazing it's, yeah it's it's wonderful um and so within writing there are always those strands of relationships within certain characters you know i in when winter comes um <laughs> that's not a good example one of the guys <laughs> <is alive>. um <laughs> In, no, but in when winter comes, there, there is a, a romantic relationship that forms between one of the male characters and one of the female characters. And I, I, it's not anything I've really thought about, but most of the time it ends up being that the characters, oh, I don't, this is a tricky one to just launch because trying to like formalise my thoughts I'm on this. I'm sorry, I know. I, I, I can't, <laughs> you're lucky I didn't go with just non-writing. <laughs> <But> uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah, would you want me to go first? No, no, I'm good. I'm okay. good. Um, it's okay. just kind of, I'm throw sure the listeners will appreciate me stumbling through it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there tends to be a leniency away from 
traditional romantic structures in my book. So if people are in a relationship, often they'll start in what I quote a traditional and, you know, that sense has many different terms, but um, they'll start in that format and then they'll find their own way that is outside of the norms. So two of the characters in When Winter Comes end up coming together through hardship and they're a very, very unlikely pairing. And even the relationship they have at the end is very unlikely um, and, and, and strange. Um, I try to, like... I try to keep realism within a lot of the books in a lot of the side characters, but thinking about it, yeah, the, there aren't really any storylines that I have that are hardcore focused on the romance. Oh my God, I'm saying that. And it's, that's not true. Like even um, one of them, because there's multiple main characters in when winter comes and even like the, the 15 year old kid is kind of led by love and attraction throughout the book. Um, man. I, in 99 episodes, I have never seen you this uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not, like, no. So here's the thing, like, I'm not uncomfortable discussing this. I'm just really trying to process no, no, it. No, no, but because, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you've, I've thrown you. I've thrown yeah. you. Like, that's what I mean. I've, in 99 episodes, I've never seen you thrown. Yeah. No, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. It's, so, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back a little bit and I'm going to actually answer your side of the question because I think that will kind of give a bit more light to um, my situation. And I'll say up front that some of this may be vague because I'm, I'm careful to protect people who I've been involved with that don't need to be mm-hmm. a part of this conversation or this this narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not that I didn't ask for. No. Like I know. Yeah, that yeah. that is a given. Yeah, but so my relationship with lo- love and romance centers on. <laughs> you can't even say the word. <laughs> love, on her. Um, no, it centers on. Oh, I don't know which direction to go with this. Just start talking and don't stop. I have two definitions of love. Okay. One love is a universal appreciation and admiration and connection with someone else in my life that in some way brings me value. I bring them value. Like there's a connection. So I love my sister. I love my friends. Like uh, one of my best friends, Lewis, we sign off on the phone by saying, I love you because genuinely like, I feel like life is too short to not show someone that you really truly appreciate them, especially Mm -hmm. in those moments where, you know, it's, it's there and you're happy and you're in, you, like you feel that connection with someone else and you truly deeply appreciate the fact that they're there my wife um, does that too with yeah. all her friends yeah and I don't I see no like problem with that at all like I think it's powerful and I, d- I don't want to shy away from saying I love you just for the sake of like people crossing it with sort of romantic intent mm-hmm. um my family obviously like there's a deep familial love there because of you know blood and bonding and lineage and like growing up um so that's kind of like one definition of love and i will you know i'll spray out to people that i love them that i appreciate them and like there's just that deep connection like i you 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 would leave a hole in my life if you weren't there i love you like that's that's just there um on the romantic side of things my um journey with love has been i guess incredibly rocky um so past relationships and it's only a thing that i've kind of worked out over the last couple of years but um many of my previous relationships because I grew up basically as a Disney kid I wanted to get married at 16 I wanted to have a kid early I wanted to have them have kids early I wanted to be like a great 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 grandfather while I was alive like the idea of all of that um you know it's it's movie love it's book love it's like you know what kind of the traditional narrative is especially in western culture and what love should be um my parents reinforced that my grandparents reinforced that that was just like what I expected it to be um 15 14 years old heartbreak 
18 years old, heartbreak. 27 years old, heartbreak. Like for multiple different reasons. Um, and again, I'm trying because I we, we promise to always be transparent. I'm trying to be like as transparent without like being too specific on certain situations. But the most of what I ended up learning from my parents was that in uh, romance and in love and in relationships, man is giver, man must bend over backwards, man is unbreaking, man must provide at all costs. So I went into a journey with relationships in which I sacrificed every part of me to bend over to please the other person, which then led to... <laughs> Sorry! I'm not bend gymnastic. <laughs> I am not gymnastic. I failed my contortionary exams. Oh, um, but because of that and the way that things worked out that then meant for other people that um they expected that of me and that became a suffocating feature of the relationship so i over the years i've done a lot of self-work in you know and, and this reflects in my um just normal relationships with friends and things as well how i like view the world but like um i've done a lot of self-work on dynamics in relationships sort of expectancies learning to love yourself foremost before like you can then give back to other people being happy on your own all that kind of stuff um has have been very it's been a very long arduous journey but it's been a very powerful journey because i have seen friends go from relationship to relationship be single for like five days back into relationship and they're never happy and things never quite work out yeah it's man it's mental um and the most powerful transformations i've seen from people is when they allow themselves to be by themselves to learn themselves and to understand themselves in a way that i for me personally and again i don't want this to come across in any way like i'm preaching or that um other people are doing anything wrong this is just my truth um but one of the most powerful lessons i learned is that if i enter into a relationship i'm going to be okay if that relationship ends because i am enough Mm. and that has transformed in many ways every relationship in my life like I no longer need my mum. I want my mum. Like in past relationships, <clears throat> I, I got to a point where I was like, and this was massively misinterpreted and I can kind of see where, where it came from, you know, in hindsight, but I've said to people, I don't need you, but I want you. And for me, that's much more powerful because to want is so much healthier than to need. Um, and so I guess you know rounding some of this out and i'm sure we might, we might dig in further but like i my relationship with love and romance is not the norm it's highly untraditional um i try to speak to my friends about it based off of you know their relationships and how i view the world and they're very different conversations they're healthy conversations but they're very different conversations um for because i don't <laughs> I, I again i don't want to preach i don't want to dive too deep into certain aspects of this but for anyone who is interested in understanding how the rest of the world works in romantic relationships and the other options that there are i would highly recommend looking up a woman called esther perel who is a global psychologist for couples and has spent her life understanding couples from all different continents she has a book called mating captivity she has a podcast on audible she did one of the most transformative interviews on the Tim Ferriss podcast that I have ever listened to, to the point that he has aired that twice in the last three years, not just for me, but because it's a fucking amazing interview. Um, and I think the importance for me, and it expands to everything else in my life, is understanding that there's more than one way and your way may be different, but that's okay. Mm. And so in my writing, I think that is ultimately the goal that comes from the love and the romance of those characters they may start in that traditional sort of sense but then things transform and become different um 
but it's not like it's not something that I feel that I need in my life. It's something that I like. If it if it occurs, it's something in which, based off of past relationships, I am very very aware of my boundaries now, and if you know I am to leap over and take that step with someone, it would be a case of ensuring that boundaries are met that everything is clarified that like there is an understanding because one thing that i've always hated is when people get into relationships there's a period of acting there's a period of wearing a mask at least in like a lot of people that i've observed um in which you go on dates and you you present your best self for three six months you get into a position in which you then get comfortable through that person that's presented and then people can change and slip back and suddenly the things that, so like I will a perfect example of this and um <laughs> I won't name names but I know someone who on a first date with someone else the guy said oh what kind of things are you into and she was like what are you into and he said oh, I'm a big football fan and she went oh, I love football she doesn't watch football she fucking hates football she detests it but that that's how it starts like that was how the relationship started and like I've never done a, that no well that's I'm, you know. I'm not like that but I I sorry to I know you're on the on the flow but like I don't I can't do that like I am incapable of doing that I would and say 70% so of people so, I know have so much that. so that my old corporate director <laughs> literally pulled me aside and was like you you don't play the game do you and I was like what do you mean mm -hmm. and he was like well you you talk to me exactly the same in the pub as you do at work and I was like well, yeah, because mm -hmm. I'm the same person. And uh, so, yeah, like, I don't understand why people do that. I don't know mm -hmm. what that is because I that's not something that I do. So, like, that's really weird to me. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you want to, to, to tell someone something that's not true about yourself? And then, like, if they don't like you for the things that you like, fuck them off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, I have, I've been in, like, and speaking from personal experience, I've been in many situations in the last sort of decade or so in which, I have <laughs> courted, you know, sort of gone down the path of um, courted. How old are you? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it PG. Um, of being in a situation with a woman in which I've basically laid my cards on the table and said, "This is who I am." Like, oh, like if you like that, let's carry on. If not, then don't. Um, and then a few weeks down the line, when I've stuck to and I've started doing the things that I said I'm going to do, they've pulled back and gone well, hold on, like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I told you, like, this is this is who I am. Like, there's no bullshit, this is who I am. Oh, I thought you were just, like, saying that. No, why would I Why would I start on a falsity? Mm. Like, it's, and <laughs> I'm bringing this around to, you know, business and marketing, because weirdly these things are related. Like, it's the same as when you're selling something, you don't want to attract everyone. You want to attract the right people. Mm -hmm. So the fact that these people didn't like what was being offered fine like i'm okay with that because i know who i am like go find what it is that you want but i'm not going to pretend and put myself in a situation in which i'm not being 100 me because that's poisonous to myself mm. and yeah so i don't know i don't know if there's anything tangible <laughs> in there to take away but suffice to say that like romance it's there's always an anchor of romance in what i write because you know you can't you can't get away from it it's you know universality of life um but it's definitely clearly not at the front of my conscious thinking when it comes to to writing a book 
very interesting. There's I, a lot there to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. I, I think the thing that I love more than anything is that I threw you a curveball and you, there was right a before pottery. episode 100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone had to do it at one point. Well, um, no, sorry, and <laughs> I'll let you go. But it is that thing of like, I'm still in the position in which I understand that how I view romance and love isn't traditional. And some of my opinions may be jarring and sort of like, you know, um, frictiony to some people. But at the same time, this is this is my truth. This is my life. This is I, how I think. I don't so, know that you've said so. anything that's jarring, but maybe that's because I'm not very traditional. And also, I think we've had conversations before about this. Yeah. So you're yeah. probably a bit more prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I don't think that I don't think any of the things that might be considered wildly controversial i don't think you've mentioned any of them so i don't think you're going to co- come across like again but again we come from a very different background yeah. to a lot of other people like we're yeah. self-employed we're individuals we fight yeah. um you know there's there's a lot of when i say fight like we don't fight like yeah you yeah we fight you all go. the time we bicker <laughs> all the time shut so. up no we don't <laughs> um no, we don't. You're right, because I'm always right. No, I'm joking. Um, okay, so, well, I mean, I... So, in terms of life, I love love. Like, I love love. I love falling in love. I love, like, the feeling of love. I love love at the start and the intensity of it. And I love how love mellows and matures, but deepens. Like, so you have... Like, I love the difference between that intense first love and then that deep like all-consuming love I just I love love I'm not very romantic though so like I don't really do anything that's romantic like I don't I'm not I'm probably not the most considerate person (laughs) I don't think I'd really want to be in a relationship with me um (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just not like not neither of us are like we looked at each other because it was Valentine's Day and we and I was like I haven't got you a card. And she was like, no, I haven't got you a card. And I was oh, like, oh, thank Valentine's God. No, but like, you know, and, and she was like, Valentine's Day really pisses me off. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, go on, tell me why. And she was like, well, I love you every day. She was like, why do I have to tell you on one particular day? And I was like, no, I know. Um, I would say like, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm quite intense because like, I love my friends. I love, I love my patrons. Like, like I am in love with writing. Like I, like I love things quite deeply and heavily and intensely. So I, I think that makes me quite an intense friend <laughs> for other people. Um, but yeah, like I, if if you are in my circles and like I love you, then you have all of me. So like that is a lot, and I think uh, that's probably why I scare so many friends away. <laughs> i've lost a lot of friends over the years it's probably because i'm so fucking intense um but yeah like i don't know i so yeah in life i would say i definitely love love and like i i have loved many people like i have been in love with many people and i have one person who was the one who got away and like i love all of those experiences that i've had and of course, like I love non-traditionally because I'm in love with a woman. And so, you know, that that brings a different spin and a different like, I don't know, what's the word? A different um, angle. angle. Yeah. Just by being diverse or like exposing yourself to diversity, you do think about things differently. And like. M- although there are many things that are 
similar and like many strands of love that are the same I do think like heterosexual relationships are different to non-heterosexual relationships so and I've had both so I should know and and maybe that's just for me like maybe they're not different to people other people who are queer I don't know um but yeah so anyway and in terms of writing oh I love romance (laughs) like I feel like I've had a come to Jesus moment with which is ironic um but um (laughs) (laughs) but it is really isn't it let's be real (laughs) Oh God, I'm so un-PC. Um, anyway, like I do feel like I've had a bit of a realisation. Everybody knows I've had this realisation over the last year, but it goes more than that. It's not just that I like, it's the whole, you know, liking queer fiction. I actually like romance. Like, and I don't think I realised quite how much I like romance until possibly the last four or five months like I feel like that has been an even bigger realization and um I I love reading about love I love shipping characters I love writing romance like the the fantasy series that I've got is is about soulmates like but the thing that I love about writing about love is that I will probably never write characters who are um what's the word like perfect right like their relation and I know that most people don't write characters that are perfect because obviously they need to be flawed but like I will never write perfect relationships so like I like really messy relationships where people fuck up and I don't just mean like a little fuck up I mean a fuck up that's big enough to make readers uncomfortable like and for people to then question oh should they be together or because that's real and that's true and that's what we do like in real life and um And so like one of the I remember one of my readers um, messaging me and being like, I love that they argue and that like it's genuine arguments. And like they're not they yes, they're soulmates, but like they don't just accept that at face value. Like you have to work at it. And she was like, you make your characters work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, that's what I do. And like that is never truer than in the last book. I fuck shit (laughs) for them. And like, I'm a little bit worried because even though like there's a heavy romantic theme in there, I don't think everyone's going to be very happy with me when they read the end of the story because they make some mistakes that are generally classed as unacceptable. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, like I love, I love, love the teasing. So I have learned this this week. In reading The Hating Game, I am a massive flirt. That much I knew. I I flirt with everybody. I flirt with friends. I flirt with my wife. I used to flirt with colleagues. And it's completely harmless. My wife, like, she doesn't give a shit. She knows that. She watches me do it all the time. Um, Because there's nothing there, right? It's just... uh, But here's why I like flirting. Because it's a fucking competition. (laughs) I never realised that! (laughs) I never I didn't realize it until I read this game. Read this game, read this book because they were like, like they are flirting essentially through their games. And I was like, oh, this is why I flirt with people because it's a fucking game and I want to win, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's a bit like wooing people, right? I want to win the person. Um, and so I, I did not know this until just this week. I mean, I knew that I liked flirting, but. Anyway, now I know why I like flirting. And um, 
so like I love that in books I love writing that I love I love writing the flirting the banter the tension like I love teasing I love teasing characters and readers and like really drawing out and prolonging like that moment before they first kiss or the moment before they first bang or whatever. And like this book has reminded me of that because fuck me, was it a slow burn? But like it was it it was a slow burn blur slow burn romance but also it wasn't because of the intensity of the flirting and I was just like oh yes all of this yes 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 as when Harry met Sally you know I'm not gonna do this <laughs> I very very nearly just did the <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like I don't know but I fucking love love I love loving people like I I love I just I love everything about love and I cannot believe that I didn't like realize the connection between writing and mm. and that much more so I am definitely going to be focusing on romance a lot more going forward yeah mm. nice also, least... also one last thing I really like writing sex scenes <laughs> <laughs> and I know like, most people don't but I love sex so you know like I love writing about sex as well and uh yeah like I, I know so many writers that hate the sex scenes but for me they are like the fucking pinnacle of the romantic relationship and because I love love so much like oh I love a good sex scene like and I've read a few really good sex scenes recently and I'm like oh yeah like I remember everything about but I love love oh I love the sex of time <laughs> I do I love it <laughs> I do feel like we've, we've joked about it before but I do feel like we need to do an NI after dark <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we should oh do God. for our patrons. But I think I, I think that's partly the reason that I write horror is in my own experience, the Disney love, which is like glorified everywhere. And like I've seen that kind of messaging in books and films and TV actually be harmful to people that I know and care about. I think that's part of the reason I write horror. And if I do write any romantic kind of essence in there, I try to keep it as realistic as possible. So for me, it's never about like, the it's all about the one the, like the gooey romance like there are obviously like elements of that because you can't escape that like flirting and everything else that's a part of love and like you know it's just a part of life but the, the romance thing that, that sells is not realistic this is not well, this realistic is, i know and then people this consume is this stuff and, then, and uh, this is a sweeping generalization so i apologize I if i offend anyone but like people then read and digest all of those books and then you'll look over at your partner and just be like why the fuck aren't you doing this because it's fiction <laughs> And everything that I've done and everything that I work on and have done in like my own life over the past nearly decade has been in service of grounding myself in reality to better understand what life is or should be. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have Disney love. I won't lie. Like I know how much my wife loves me and I love my wife. Like, and it is like, I love her every day. And like, I, I, even, and that's despite the fact, you know, we, there are, oh, well, we don't argue that often to be honest, but you know, <clears throat> I, you know, we have had arguments and stuff, but the way I love her and the way that she loves me feels like the dream. Do you believe in the one? No. Cool. No, I believe there are many ones because I have loved all of the people that I have been in love with have felt 
like the one in that moment, like the one who was meant to be the one right then, you know, mm. like, and, and I don't believe in the one because I don't believe that we stay the same. We are different. I am a different person now than the person I was 10 years ago. Have you ever and believed so- in the one? <clears throat> um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, de- I, I just, yeah, I don't, I think there are, so here's the interesting thing. The one that got away, if Chloe hadn't come along, I probably would have married him. And my life would be very, very different because I was eye-wateringly in love with him. And it he, like, that was one of those sliding doors moments. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it could have so easily gone a different way. And so, and I know, I still know how in love with him I was because he still feels like the one that got away. That doesn't mean I want him to come back because I Mm -hmm. don't, (laughs) but like I can see my life having gone in a very different way. And it didn't. And I'm completely okay with that because God, I love my life and I love my wife and I love my son and I love our family and I love our love. But like, how can I believe in one when I'm sure I would have had just of a lovely of life as with him as I would have done as I have got now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, So I don't I don't I don't believe I don't believe in the one. I don't think I believe there are. There are many ones. But then like the deep romantic in me is like, you know, because I wrote about soulmates. That is what that series is about. And like not just soulmates for one lifetime, but for every lifetime. So like mm. the, the romantic in me would love to think that that is true. But I just don't like and also I'm greedy. <laughs> if, yeah. I get, if I get another life, I want lots of different lovers. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, you know, no. Yeah, I, I am being facetious. But yeah, I don't. I just think there are so many sliding doors moments in our lives right and our lives can like one decision and this is the funny thing like me me and Chloe have talked about this many times I nearly went back to him um and so like what happened was we we were together and he basically was going on this lad's holiday spring break to uh Mexico and he was like oh I don't think we should be together because we had this like we had this weird like officially unofficial thing for like two and a half years like that's how long we dated and um <clears throat> he was like oh I don't want to cheat on you and I was like so so just don't put your dick in someone else like how hard is that like that's not a hard thing not to do just don't put your dick in anyone else and uh speaking anyway, as like, a woman yeah and uh <laughs> well you know I just don't sit on any other penises like how hard is that it's not very hard just don't mm-hmm. do it um and anyway and he he was like oh yeah I don't want to cheat I don't want to cheat on you and I was like right okay so anyway he broke up with me and um I met Chloe that week and then it was a bit too late and then he came back up like he actually phoned me whilst he was away and was like uh I think he phoned me or was it when he got back anyway there was a phone call that was like I've made a mistake I'm really sorry I've made a mistake and I was like no and it was too late yeah he made a mistake and um my god it was six months of groveling and coming back but like I met her I met her in that week Mm -hmm. and and it was too it was too late 
I met her and like it was this close like she nearly she we've talked about this and she was like I nearly walked away because I could see that you were still in love with him and I was like when I first met her I was still in love with him and so it took me a little bit longer like she fell in love with me before I fell in love with her because I was still dealing with that Mm. and um yeah she she says that she remembers looking like he had surprised he had like just turned up at that on one of these nights out that he knew I was on and she was like I saw the way you looked at him and she was like I nearly walked away then and I was like I'm so glad you did it because the worst thing was he was my best mate Mm -hmm. like and that for me it wasn't the relationship ending that hurt like that you can get over like it's you know like it was the friendship because he we used to laugh all the time that's all I remember about our relationship now is just how much we laughed and um like the banter and the flirting and uh yeah like that was what killed me because I I didn't the relationships come and go but I lost my best friend and he felt like my soulmate best friend yeah and that was like, that was the, the, oh God, I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed, not for him, not for the sex, not for the relationship, but for our friendship. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> cause like I was one of the lads and not only did I lose him, I lost my whole group of friends mm-hmm. because I was one of the lads. And, um, that was, that was the hardest breakup because of the friendship breakup that happened. Yeah. It's obviously that all the lads sided with him. And, and then I, and then I really da- doubted myself, like, can like, do I really know what a friend is? You know, cause mm. I was like, what, how can I have lost everybody? Why did nobody, why was nobody there for me? Anyway, th- this is now getting very deep, but yeah. So like, I don't even know what the point of this was. Oh, soulmates. Do I believe in soulmates? No, I do. No, I believe that we have both friends that, that are like soulmates in one way. And then like, I think that whoever you are at the time, there is someone there for you, mm. but that might not be forever. I don't yeah. Know. No, one thing that um, I've come across this week, that I'm thinking quite heavily on um, is this idea of seasonality. Yes. So, I've had so many conversations about that recently. Yeah. I listened to um, it's Cal Newport's um, podcast. He was talking about slow productivity, which I found massively insightful because it talks about, different ways of working depending on you know age and where you're at in your career and energy levels and all this kind of stuff and like with this i do think that there are certain seasonalities that can be applied to romances and love um so like you can meet people today that 10 years ago you guys would not in any way have connected have you know moved anything with but you know based off life experience and where you're at and how people as you say do change you know now is could be the time that 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 flares that ignites that happens um and yeah i think there's there's so many complexities to this question it's a big one i will i will say that one of my favorite quotes um on sort of the concept of the one comes from peep show and it's where uh jeremy robert Webb's character meets a woman across the hall um and goes back to his flatmate uh david david mitchell um mark and says oh i think she might be the one and mark's reply is isn't it strange that your one happens to live six feet away from you across the hall and not in say a hut in mozambique and i was like yeah there are 7.8 billion people on this planet that's a lot of people mm-hmm. so yeah we, we've stretched in many directions Sasha. <laughs> i know like I, I could literally talk about this all day as well because i find it so fascinating and so interesting like our relationships with love but um, 
like and all the varying shades of love and like do you know that's one of my favorite things to read as well is like found family like that friendship love yeah. like and and like when you have this ragtag group of friends who just adore each other and would do anything for each other mm-hmm. like oh yeah, I love, I've, love. I've got um one of my best friends like me and his family just get on like a house on fire and like we yeah. go over there and we can like drink and eat barbecue and whatever and it's just it's weird almost like having a second family you can go to mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. what an amazing episode so many dimensions i know i think <laughs> if we, we have end... offended or upset you please <laughs> let us know in the comments <laughs> uh, yeah so i suppose well we, we have to do our quarter one challenge don't we so dan yes. will dictate two novels launch a survey write three short stories and launch a new podcast i have done one novel surveys in progress one short story done podcast launched excellent um, so i yeah. think i have read one two uh three four sapphic novels so mm-hmm. i've only got one left to go um, Beautiful. yeah i have implemented outsourcing god i love becca if i don't say that enough like becca i love you um mm. And check five things off the new business plan. Definitely, definitely way ahead of that now. Um, Yes. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay, so audience question of the week is, what is your relationship with romance? And feel free to answer that either about real life or fiction um, and writing. (laughs) This will be interesting. There's just one thing left to say. Love you, boo. Love you, Sasha. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds oh. so inauthentic no. oh i think we have a delay oh no, yeah it, it definitely glitched well, i sounded inauthentic yeah no there's a delay okay. is it, it's because there's a delay this is going well <laughs> i love we you again. have a good week <laughs> i love you boo have a good week bye bye hungry for more if you enjoyed this podcast you can hear more of my angelic accent and dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts For more of me, check out the Activated Authors Podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. You can't hear me now. That's fine. I can see whatever the fuck I want. I can tell her that she's amazing. She's a boost. She does all the shit. Or an utter fucking loser and she's gonna be clueless because if she wants she's back no <laughs> that's the magic of podcasting and particularly when people don't have their headphones in because then they have no idea what you're saying and it's wonderful oh. hi sasha <laughs>